0: What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Blazers. I am your host and pass first point guard, Mike Richmond. Coming to you live, recording on a Sunday night, but coming to you live in your headphones Monday morning after the Blazers had a good loss and an impressive win over the weekend. Let's start with a good loss. Not too many of those on the NBA schedule, but I would say unequivocally the Blazers' late loss to the Raptors was heartening. Uh, Maybe not valuable in the standings, but they came back from 16 down against one of the best teams in the NBA, uh, a team that has probably a a small share of championship equity, something the Blazers would love to grab a hold of, and had a chance to win down the stretch. Of course, Kawhi Leonard hit like a 17-footer from the baseline, crawls in with a second left to seal the game, but I thought that I thought that was as impressive a loss as the Blazers have had all year. They played a really tough team on the road, uh, down to the wire. You know, they 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 battled back in a game that they easily could have crumbled in. It kind of looked like things were going south there in uh, the first half, a little bit of the third quarter, but they, they hung with it. You know, they just, uh, CJ McCollum was brilliant, and, and they just made enough plays down the stretch with uh, – with a group that doesn't play a ton together, Mo Harkless and Jake Lehman on the wings with Dame CJ and Nurk. And I thought that that starting five was useful. Um, But that one's in the past. I think uh, no need to sort of harp on that any further than to say that was a really good loss. And if you're sort of uh, looking at I said it wouldn't have been. I, I, I said that both the uh, Celtics game and the Raptors game wouldn't necessarily be like useful measuring sticks in terms of can the Blazers win in the playoffs, holistic big picture. But where they stand right now, I thought they were. I thought it is a useful measuring stick for sort of where we are today in early March, where this team, um, you know, stacks up in March and and, and and just sort of a small sample size of, of what they mean in the upper echelon of Eastern Conference teams. And I thought that game against the Raptors is an indicator that the Blazers are pretty good. They're pretty good. No surprises there. I think they've looked pretty good, if not better, since the All Star break. in that was just another example. Pretty good. The ball, you know, rims in for Kawhi. You get a loss, but I don't think Portland's too upset as they head back to the old U.S. of A. And when they ended up, when they landed back in North Carolina on Sunday, they played a weird matinee game—a 1 p.m. tip-off in Charlotte against the Hornets. This was a game that the Blazers uh, I had th- thought was a almost certain loss coming in. Um, I probably wouldn't have gone as far to predict them. Hey, they're going to lose this game, but uh, it's the sixth game on a seven game road trip. They've been gone from for 11 days when this one starts us at a weird time at a 1 PM, uh, which is uh, just a, a basketball players are, are creatures of habit. And it, it is, it is strange for them to break that habit a little bit, but, um, so I thought this was a guaranteed loss, and instead the Blazers looked like for a little bit they were gonna just run away with this one. Uh, you know, up up big, up double digits, and then Charlotte came roaring back until Rodney Hood just uh really went nuts. I <laughs> mean he he uh he had 21 of his 27 in the fourth quarter, all 27 points after halftime. Uh he had some crucial plays down the stretch. Where the Blazers just kind of let him go, they let him run pick and rolls. Um, early on in that fourth quarter, they just ran the whole offense through him. I thought that was noteworthy, uh, and and we'll get to that a little bit. I want to I want to talk about this game, and then later on we're going to talk about. I want to do a whip around uh, the NBA standings, talk a little bit about that, and uh, and then the Blazers' upcoming game to close out this road trip and their chances to have the best road trip in the his- the franchise's history, forty plus years or f- forty nine years of of Blazer basketball. This has a chance to be the best road trip ever. But let's let's start here in Charlotte where uh the Blazers showed kind of what has been their strength and I think what um a lot of us thought might be their strength with the, with some of the additions they made and how the roster had sh- had shaped up is that they have weapons. Like the Blazers just have more more uh, more parts, more people that can do stuff than they've had in a while. And I think this Hood game where he just he was became the focal point of the offense in the fourth quarter is a really good example of sort of what what they've got going for them in brooklyn it was ennis Cantor and uh Yusuf Nurkic going nuts against cleveland it was for th- the better part of two and a half quarters it was cj mccollum going nuts on against boston it was mo harkless getting he was just absolutely everywhere and damian lillard scoring 30 and then you you get to this game on sunday against uh a somewhat competitive but not particularly good Charlotte team but it, but like I said I thought this was kind of a schedule loss when I looked at look at the schedule early on and and Roddy Hood just just took over and and more important than him taking over um, and busting out of his slump because he had been really bad shooting the ball the last two games was just that the blazers gave him the rock they gave him the keys to the whip and they let him drive um, he, you know he had a big three late in the game to sort of close it out and and, and this this versatility is really going to serve them. Does it raise sort of their playoff ceiling? I have no idea, and I, I think this is that's still the central question of uh, of this team is, is how much better are they when when they get into sort of that the microscope of playoff basketball? But it's certainly with with the addition of Cantor, with the way Jake Layman's game has grown, with Mo Harkless sort of busting out of a season-long slump over the past 10 days, and Rodney Hood at least having the ability to have games like this, even if he hasn't been super consistent, it gives the Blazers something that they haven't had, and that's the ability to not just say, hey, Dame, can you bail us out? Uh, in the last two seasons, maybe even the last three uh the Blazers have had these second-half surges, and a lot of that, particularly last season, because Damian Lillard started playing like an MVP-level player. You know, he's been good. He's had his good games during this road trip, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't had to be the absolute best player on the floor during crunch time to steal games and win games for the Blazers. And And I think that's a sign of growth for this team. It's just proof of, of, of what they are. Uh, I don't want to... I don't want to go too far. Like I, I've already said that this that this Raptors game was a good loss, which I think is kind of against some of my um, counting principles. But 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 I think, and I don't want to go too far in this Hornets game is what I'm trying to say. But I I think this was another really good sign for this team. You know, they're five and one on this road trip. I thought this was a make or break road trip. Uh, and to be totally clear, I thought this was a break road trip. I thought they they were going to go two and five or three and four and kind of be in that drop down to fifth or sixth maybe in the west and have a have a push have to make a push to get back to home court advantage but instead here they are they're sitting pretty with five wins heading to Memphis to close this bad boy out uh, this is as good of a road trip as you could have accepted as you could have expected and it's been good not just because the all-stars have played like stars or Nurk has found his rhythm which at times have happened. We've seen CJ have big games. He was really good against the Raptors too, um, and and Dame's had some nice nights. He had a nice night against against the Hornets as well. But he wasn't sort of this unquestioned we need you type of star. Um, should be mentioned, Nurk was fantastic also against the Hornets. They had nobody who could guard him. But the versatility, the ability to just say hey we need some help and go get it, uh, is is really is really something this a Blazer team hasn't had in a while. They have not had the A bench unit or or even multiple guys that come off the bench that you can say hey well maybe they'll help I think they have a couple different ones that do that now and they've been doing this damage without uh massive nights from from their big stars and without and 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 been doing this without Evan Turner who's been sort of the quarterback of that bench for a while so I think this is I think this is a telling win and a useful win for um a lot of reasons I when we get back in the second segment, I want to just take a quick look around the league and as good as the Blazers have been, where they stack up and who else is coming on their heels for that, uh, that race for that third or fourth spot in the West. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys, when you get in your car, when you get in your smart car, tell, tell your smart speaker. Play, play podcast Lockdown Blazers. This is a great podcast to, listen, to your, listen during your commute. I myself love to listen to podcasts, love to listen to the network during my commute. It's the perfect length if you have uh, a drive to the office or you have to get your kids to school or whatnot in the morning. Just tell your smart speaker when you get in your car, play Lockdown Blazers, make your ride a little bit better. All right. I I, I think this Blazers trip has inspired a ton of deserved confidence in the fan base, in the team, in whatever, in your local podcaster, whoever it is. Um... The Blazers are playing as well as they have all year. They're as deep as they've been, and and they're getting contributions up and down the roster. They're winning games without their stars playing well. They're winning games uh, going inside. They're winning games bombing away from three. They're holding off late charges from lesser opponents and finding ways to win on the road games they would absolutely have lost earlier in the season. But (laughs) here's the sort of glass half-empty natural Mike Richmond view of the Western Conference standings. The Blazers who have won five of six, seven of ten, are tied with the Thunder for third place in the West right now. When they wake up Monday morning, they're both in third place. Here's the bad news. The Thunder looked were looking really good. World beater good. Then they dropped two in a row without Paul George and had to scrape back to beat the Grizzlies at home. Had to make a huge charge in the fourth quarter uh to come back and win that game so they that's the only reason the Blazers aren't alone in third place on Monday morning but you look behind the Blazers in the standings the Houston Rockets are starting to get it together Chris Paul the uh much maligned Chris Paul mainly mainly for his antics here in Rip City but uh he, he just looks healthy um he looks as he he looks really good uh kind of like the Chris Paul that we saw for parts of last season he's allowing James Harden who's just is a scoring machine and just relentless but to take more more time off you know what when the rockets were really good in a you know one game 7 away 27 consecutive missed threes away from uh, from making the from ups, upsetting the warriors and making the NBA finals it's because they could stagger Harden and Paul and play play them you know separate minutes so they always had a all NBA or, you know, hall of fame type point guard on the floor. They're, they're back rolling again. They've won five straight and they're just a game behind the blazers. The Utah jazz, the Utah jazz are just balling right now. They're just, they've just been so good. They, they came back to beat the nuggets, uh, down 13 with eight minutes left in Denver, charge back to beat the second best team in the West, Nuggets on a chance for them to become the outright best team in the Western Conference. The Jazz won that game. That was Thursday night, and then Saturday night, uh, while the world was watching nationally televised games, uh, over on NBA League Pass, the real heads were watching Jazz Bucks, and the Jazz came storming back again, down double digits against Milwaukee, to win at home against maybe the best team in right and you know record wise best team in the NBA. Uh, a huge win over Milwaukee that obviously that's a that's a big home win they've won five in a row and they're just two they're just two and a half games back of the Blazers so if as much as I want to say this you know the Blazers are cruising towards third place this is a team that has solidified itself as a as a home court advantage playoff team something that I think everyone who follows this team thinks it follows the blazers thinks it's incredibly crucial to their playoff success that middle of the west is just really good. The, the Houston and and Utah, you know, were two of the maybe the second or third best team in the west last year when you got when you got down to the playoffs. they were really good. OKC when Paul George gets back and is healthy, they were playing really well, obviously struggling a little bit without him, but this was this was going to be a make or break road trip for the Blazers for exactly this reason. The rest of the league, the teams that they're competing with for that sort of three through six spot, they're not going anywhere, and it's going to be an absolute dogfight down the uh, down to the down the stretch because. The Blazers aren't the only team in the West. They certainly aren't the only team in the sort of their range that's playing their best basketball right now. Now the bottom half of the West standings have kind of fallen apart. Uh, the Kings have lost three in a row. The Lakers are basically ready to contract themselves. Uh, the T-Wolves looked like they were going to get in it, but then they've lost three in a row. Uh, the Spurs, if when they play in San Antonio, they look like a playoff team. When they leave San Antonio, they look terrible Um I don't think that the bottom half of the stand is necessarily chasing the Blazers, but that, that middle pack, that, that OKC, Utah, Houston thing, that's not going anywhere. The Blazers, this road trip has inspired a lot of deserved confidence. Like I said, they should feel really good about the way they're playing and the type of team they've got. But the only reason that this road trip was so important, so make or break is because it ain't getting much easier and it's not slowing down and Going five and one on this trip has only helped the Blazers maintain their spot in the standings while the rest of the teams keep on chasing them. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk about the Blazers' road trip. They have a chance to have the best road trip in the history of the franchise. Can they do it with a win over the Memphis Grizzlies on Tuesday? Welcome back. Still locked on Blazers. I'm still Mike Richmond. Portland has had four seven game road trips in their 49-year history. They're about to wrap up their fourth here on Tuesday at FedEx Forum in Memphis against the Grizzlies. Never in the Blazers' history have they won six road games during one of these seven-game trips. They've got a chance to, a, probably a legitimately good chance to, against a bad Grizzlies team, a 25-40 and 40 Grizzlies team on Tuesday when they get there. This is a chance for the Blazers to have the best, the best road trip in the history of their franchise. Um, you know, I think there's some quality of opponent stuff you could throw in there. You could, if you wanted to be... Um, a pedant, which you know I'm out here for all my pedantic listeners out there. What's up, y'all? But if, if you wanted to, you know, really nitpick with this when you say there's no Joel Embiid, the Nets are struggling a little bit, Cleveland's terrible, Boston's playing the worst basketball they have all season long, they lost to the only really good team, the Raptors, you know, they they had to uh, Rodney Hood Miracle to beat the Hornets. Who cares? I don't think there's a quality filter on these wins. I think that's meaningless. I think... The important thing is that coming into this stretch, they were the second worst road team in basically the West playoff picture. They were they were ten and fifteen on the road when this trip started, ten and fifteen on the road when they went into the All-Star Break. Only the Spurs, which a team that has completely forgotten how to win games outside of San Antonio. Among the top ten teams in the West had a worse playoff record. Now the blazers are formidable on the road. all of a sudden they're, they're finding ways to beat to win games maybe that they that you feel like they could have blown when they blow double digit leads when they let Cleveland all the way back in the game and win the game in two minutes when Boston threatens late when Charlotte and Jeremy Lamb just won't go away find ways to win games they're winning games on the road so I, I think this is. I think they've got a really good chance to close this game. And I said, if you've been listening to the podcast, that I thought closing the game with games 6 and 7 at Charlotte and at Memphis was tough because playing these bad teams at the end of the trip when you're tired and anxious to get home is really challenging. Um, but but finding a way to win a name game in Charlotte is, is is really valuable. And now you go... To Memphis, uh, a team that the Blazers have split with this season, but certainly this Memphis team looks a little bit different. Obviously, trading away Marcus Sol, working in Jonas Valanciunas, and um, kind of just letting Mike Conley play out the string. But they're playing younger guys. They're uh, at least a little bit. They're 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 giving younger guys a chance to pre- play. Bruno Caboclo, Justin Holiday is going to get a ton of minutes. Um, they hilariously roll out. Uh, Joe Kim Noah and Valanchunas and have ditched Ivan Robb, who was, uh, who was uh, starting at center a while for them. But they're not a particularly good team. Um, they're, they're not awful, but they're not a particularly good team. They have a losing record at, at home. And, uh, and, 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 and this is – if there is a reason why you want to feel good about this game, it's because uh, CJ McCollum has absolutely feasted in Memphis – uh, you will remember that this was the site of sort of McCollum's coming out party as an NBA star or, or a rising NBA star at the time. He, uh, after Wesley Matthews, tore his Achilles in, 20, in, in April of 2015 and uh, Aaron Aflalo hurt his shoulder and the Blazers were left with nothing but uh, this sort of skinny two guard to roll with and uh, Second-year player, C.J. McCollum, he went absolutely nuts against the then-grit-and-grind Grizzlies. Uh, I think He had th- 10 threes in a playoff game. He was a little bit less, but he had you know, 36 in their elimination game. Uh, the, he had the most threes and scored the most points off the bench of any player in uh, Blazers' history in a playoff game, postseason game. And he's just been cooking the, the Grizzlies ever since. Uh, so, over the last seven games, this dating back to the 2015 16 season, that would be the following year, the year that uh, Lamarcus left and CJ won uh, most improved player. He's averaging 30.6 points, shooting 54% from the floor and 48% from three in seven games in FedEx Forum. That is his hometown. Earlier this year, he had 40 against Memphis. Like, the dude is just. This is for whatever reason, there are certain arenas where guys cook. FedEx Forum in Memphis and beautiful downtown Memphis, right at the end of Beale Street. CJ McCollum cooks when he goes to that arena. That is his favorite place to barbecue. So it's not, you know, you can be you can pick the Blazers to win this game for a variety of reasons. It can be because of the way multiple guys are playing well. Uh I thought Al played well against the Hornets. Um, he didn't have his, you know, maybe didn't get the accolades, but Nurk's been balling. Obviously, Rodney Hood coming off huge game. Mo Harkless has been playing well again. Jake Layman has shown those spurts where he can really play, and he earned those minutes in the, in crunch time against uh, Toronto on Friday. Uh, Damian Lord has been okay. CJ McCollum has had two really good games, and basically just four quarters across two games where he's been really lights out. But if the Blazers are going to win that sixth game, and make this legitimately the best road trip in the history of the franchise, and might take another big night from CJ McCollum. I like their chances against Memphis. I really thought, um, I'm not a predictions guy, but I really thought this, was, this road trip was going to go south. I really, I really thought this was going this Memphis game was going to be one of those sort of white flag, I can't believe how things have gone wrong, let's just get on the plane and go home type games. Instead, it's a chance to be a celebration for the old Blazers, who come back and play a really tough game against OKC on Thursday, but this 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 would be the capper on a really fantastic road trip and put them put them in a really nice position over the final stretch of the season. This one is so far from sort of decided. You know they'll they'll. There's still 17 games left after they play in in, in Memphis and, and a lot to be decided. But if the Blazers come back from this trip in this position, even what I said in segment two with all those teams chasing them, you got to just like where they are. They put themselves in a position to compete over those final 17 games over the final month of the season. It should be really, really interesting. Now, if they don't take care of business in Memphis and Mike Conley, who didn't play tonight, rested for general soreness and he comes back and does what he does, which is like make life hard for Damian Lillard and occasionally roast the Blazers. If if they do end up struggling in this game, I I I just I would caution overreacting. It's the end of a long trip. A five and two trip is really valuable. But I would also say for this team to get where they go, get where they want to be, this is the type of game they have to keep winning. They've done a really good job of it so far. Be nice to see them close it out again on Tuesday night. Be nice to see, if you're a Blazer fan, to see old C.J. McCollum roast in the building that he loves to cook in. I'll talk to you after that one. I really appreciate you guys listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can hit me up on Twitter, at MikeGRich. You can find Lockdown Blazers or tell your friends that they can find Lockdown Blazers everywhere they get podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, just uh, wherever you get podcasts, search Lockdown Blazers, check us out. And if you could do me a solid, get on Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. Tell me that you like what you hear. I, uh, that really sort of helps the podcast get notoriety in that sort of Blazers basketball talking space. Uh, I would love to, uh, you know, climb the charts and, and be a, a place where people listen. Uh, shoot me your questions, shoot me your comments at Rich on Twitter. I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening.